Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Good afternoon, everyone. I think I see some familiar faces. Um, oh, I have to like pan. <laughs> I'm going to move back a little bit so I don't have to do that too much. Um, it's really good to be here. It's always good to be invited back. That's a good sign, right? <laughs> um, but yes, you know, when we met up with um, Pastor Scott the first time, it was just you the first time, right? No, it was both of you guys the first time um, back uh, when, we were, uh, when we arrived in Pasadena. It was love at first sight for us too. Um, we just love them. They're so genuine. I'm sure you guys know that and already feel that in your midst. Genuine and just um, in the way that they love people and the way that they love the Lord, the heart that they have for this house. And so um, we were like, yes, who are these people? They just love the Lord so much and and, and for his people, and, and we wanted to get to know them. And then we had the opportunity to meet with Pastor Tav- Tavis as well. And man, I was like, this is an amazing church that you guys are so blessed to have people who, pastors who love the Lord genuinely. You know, there are a lot of pastors out there. I'm in seminary right now, and um, there are a lot of students who are going for their MDiv degree, just as I am. Um, and I wonder sometimes when we make theology our religion, um, it, it's a dangerous thing. But you have pastors who love the Lord above theology, above what religion says. But they love the Lord truly. And so it was just our honor to, to know you guys, to know this family, um, to know Deb as well. Um, so, yes, thank you for inviting us back. I assume that you guys all had great Thanksgiving. Yes? Did you guys all eat turkey? No? Yes? Yes? Whatever you ate, do we need to spend a moment of repentance for gluttony? Do we, do we need to take a moment asking the Lord for forgiveness for, for sin of gluttony? I do. <laughs> no. um, but it was, it was great. We, um, it's, we don't have a family out here. We moved because of my school. And it's been just um, wonderful to meet new people. And, um, to, and it was really wonderful to meet a lot of you guys at the retreat. Um, I, we were asked to speak on marriage. And um, I think what Pastor Scott had in mind was that, uh, that we would speak more uh, informally, I guess, about uh, how we do marriage. But I felt a little bit different in, in that way. So I figure if you guys want to know more specifics about how we do our marriage, you could buy us coffee. <laughs> I prefer tea. And, um, and then we could tell you the, the, the way we do things. But this morning, I wanted to start off with an example from people that we really admire um, because they're sort of like, I would say, like ninth degree black belt people. We're just like, compared to them, like maybe yellow belt, you know? And so why stop at 
where we are because we want to continue to push forward. So I'm going to be sharing a couple of examples from people that we love, a couple that we dearly love and respect, and, and so you'll hear about them a little bit in a little bit. But I do want to share about um, who we are, just in case you guys, some of you guys don't know us. My husband and I, we met in college. We've, been, we've known each other for 31 years, and, um, but we've been married for 26. Because he has gray hair, some people think that he's my uncle. <laughs> and it is a true story. Somebody asked us, or asked a friend of ours, how are they related? I don't get the connection. I see a lot of resemblance. Is he her uncle? And we're like, you know, yeah, no. <laughs> he used to dye his hair, but he doesn't anymore. But we've been married for 31 years. Um, we've had our ups and downs, just like anybody else. And, um, you know, me as a wife, I've learned a lot throughout our years of being together. And I think one thing that... Um, I, we have done right. One thing that we have done right in our marriage is that we never gave up on each other. Um, and, and that is the truth, you know? Um, I don't know. How many of you guys are married? Or let me, how many of you guys are single still? Okay. Oh, okay, several of you guys. All right, so this, um, although it's a topic on marriage... And you're, you know, if you're not married, just think of it as like an advanced course, like you're already being prepared. So you're going to be a step ahead. All right. So don't think like I'm going to clock out here because it's not it doesn't refer to me. But think of it as, hey, what can I get from today that I can take to apply to my life in the future? Right. You're already one step ahead than a lot of us who are already married. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that one thing that we did right was never give up. That um, even through the hard times, the difficult times, the ugly times, the mean times, we didn't give up. And I think um, that's, that's a testament in itself. Um, I would say that one thing I have done wrong um, in, my, in our marriage is to expect my husband to meet the needs that I had um, that I had from growing up, the lacks that I had. And I was looking to him to meet those needs. And, um, and he's a human being. He's not able to meet those kind of things. Only God can meet all of our needs. He's the lover of our soul. But I was looking to him many ways and, and different ways. And a lot of times I didn't even know that I was doing that. Um, but I was looking to him to meet those needs. And, um, and, and the Lord had to really teach me to um, direct me to say, hey, Chris, come to me. I'm the lover of your soul. I'm the only one who can fulfill, fulfill you the way you need. Not your husband, not your mom, not, you know, no one else in this world can fill that. And so um, that's one of the lessons that I've learned. Um, today I wanted to share a scripture. Um, I picked two scriptures that have nothing to do with marriage in the context of that um, scripture. It's from Ephesians. And I understand that you guys read from NASB. So do you have the scripture 
Ready? Oh, it's small. All right. <laughs> because I prepared it in NIV, but you, have, you read it in ASB. So um, let, let me read it to you guys. This is from Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, and then we'll also read from 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another, in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians 5, 1-2, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Amen. Can we just um, maybe begin with a prayer? Yeah. Father, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your son for us while we were yet sinners, that we didn't have to have everything right or perfect or have done things, but that you just lavished your love to us. And you have shown us what it means to love us by dying on the cross for us, Lord. So we thank you for that. And as you have, as, as, as you have exhorted us to be imitators of you, Lord, give us wisdom, give us courage to know how to follow the footsteps of Jesus Christ in every day of our lives. We bring you much glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, the reason why I chose these two particular verses, I mean, there are a lot of things to be said here in these two verses. Um, and, and the reason why I didn't choose a particular verse on marriage, because there are obviously, even in the book of Ephesians, there are passages about husband and wives and, and so forth. It's because my bottom line um, thought is that all of the Bible, every single one of the things that are in the Bible should apply to all of our lives, all areas of our lives. Not just those passages on marriage should only apply to marriage, but everything the Bible says should apply to how we are, how we are as, as children, how we are as parents, how we are as spouses, how we are as civil people, how, how we are to non-believers, to believers. We don't get to pick and choose what applies to us in certain situations, right? We, the word of God is word of God. It applies in all areas of our lives. And so this is one of the reasons why I have specifically chose, um, I specifically chosen these verses um, that is outside of the context of, of, of um, marriage. Um, the, the book of Ephesians, the letter, it's actually a letter. Paul, Apostle Paul writes, and, and he is reminding people in Ephesus who are Gentiles. They're not, they're not Israelites. They are born-again uh, born people that are Gentiles, and he's reminding them that 
they have been grafted into God's family, that God has brought the Gentiles and the Israelites together, breaking down the wall, the hostility between them, that they're one body. And then he goes on to exhorting the body to know, he's giving them kind of a prescription on how to live life. And because they are, you know, they're, they're Gentiles and they don't have the kind of uh, worldview that the Israelites have, he gives them specific prescriptions on how to live some of the, the ways that uh, the Israelites lived. And even in that context, um, he, he tells us in chapter, I got to go back, um, in chapter 4, that we are Worthy, we are to live worthy of the calling that we have in Christ Jesus. And so we, I titled today's message, worthy, A Marriage Worthy of Calling. Because whether we are called to be a follower of Christ, uh, you know, that is a calling for all of us. It's not just for missionaries. Um, that, you know, some people think, oh, you're a missionary, so you have a special way of doing things, and you, you know, you must be closer to God, and, and you hear God more, and, you, you know, you're this kind of person. No, we are just regular people. Um, missionaries are not any different or any more special in any way. We, we hurt when we get pinched, and we get hungry, you know, when we don't eat, and, and when people say certain things that... Um, you know, not pleasant, we get hurt, and, and, and there are times when we forget to pray, and, and you know, there are, we are just human beings, right? So, we're all, but, but we're all called, we are all called to be followers of Christ, amen? We're all called to be followers of Christ, but for those of us who are married for this morning, I want to say that marriage is also a calling of God. Okay, marriage is also a calling of God. Maybe you guys have chosen each other just because you fell in love and you feel like God was not really in the picture and, and you know, we, we just liked each other and we got married. But even in that, you will see God's fingerprint in your lives if you only saw it with the eyes of faith. And so um, I want to basically give two huge principles of marriage. Okay, is that okay? Okay, so it's not like I like to be very practical. So I had to like restrain myself from being practical uh, for today because I just really felt like I, I want to impart principles instead of the 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 I don't know, the practical how-tos. Because I feel like, you know, you guys could do that in your small groups. I don't know, if, is that what blocks are? Like small groups? So you can do that in your blocks. I remember when, you know, my husband and I, you know, we, had, we got married and we had children right away. And we have three children, by the way. And, you know, and we just, we were young families, yet our home groups were filled with married, newly, newlyweds. And so we did life together, and what we used to do was, like, we would get resources, uh, Christian resources of, of, of mar- on marriage, and we would watch that together in our small groups and have discussions and so forth. So I know that there are a lot of good resources out there that if you wanted to, you could bring it to your, your blocks and, and have discussions on 
what does that look like? But for this morning, I want to leave you with two big principles. One principle is of lordship. Marriage worthy of calling has to start with lordship. Um, if God, if we surrendered ourselves as Christians in our lives, then it would make sense that we would surrender our marriage to God as well. That we don't compartmentalize who, you know, our lives and say, okay, ch- on church Sunday, on, you know, when we do Christian stuff or when we do religious stuff, that's when we are religious and do Christian and we surrender those moments. And then everything else, we are in control. We don't want to live that kind of lives, Right? We want all of our lives to be dedicated to the Lord. And marriage is the same thing. Marriage is included in that. That we want to bring our marriage under the submission to the Lord. Which means that our definition of happy marriage must be different. Because God calls us. The Bible tells us to live a radical life. A different life than than the world that we live in. Which means that our goals and our purposes and the way we measure things must be different. So same way, our marriage, our purposes of getting married, our goals of getting married, our measurement of of our marital happiness has to be different. It has to be different. It has to be set apart. So the world tells us, look out for number one. Right? That's, that's ourselves. Look out for number one. Protect number one's interest. But the Bible tells us to deny ourselves, to die, to die to ourselves, to humble ourselves and serve others. The purpose of marriage isn't for me to be happy. The purpose of marriage is to die to ourselves to serve another person. The purpose of God and the other person. The way we measure, the way we measure our marital happiness may be, hey, you know, like, I want to live an Instagram-worthy kind of life. You know, where we take pretty vacations and go on these wonderful adventures and, and have grand old time. And, and our, you know, way to be happy is to have pleasure in our lives. Those are important. To have fun in marriage is very important, but that is not our measurement. Our measurement of happiness in our marital lives are not having perfect pictures on Instagram. What is the measurement of a great marital happiness? For us, for me, and I, you know, I share this, but I'm also preaching to myself. Even still after 26 years of our marriage, I'm still preaching this to myself. And that is to propel the purposes of God in our marriage and in each other. I feel like that is the, the marital happiness measurement. Because when we pursue after God, we have this really weird thinking that if we go after godly things, that life is somehow boring. But I want to tell you that when we go after God, it is so exciting, so crazy, so living on the edge. And it's the same thing that we can experience 
when we are married and we propel one another towards God. That your lives will be so exciting. That you don't have to live in a box of, of what the world tells us what happiness is. Because we know the stories. We've heard the stories of how people have gone after, you know, the, the, the wonderful vacations and the pretty houses and wonderful cars and, and, you know, career advancements and all of that. And at the end, what do they have? Do they truly have happiness? There are so many stories of broken lives because these are the things that they pursued. But I'm here and I want to say that when we pursue God together, that there is a greater joy, greater marital satisfaction. That when we pursue to really encourage one another and say, I know that God has given you this kind of gift in you. I want to propel you. I want to serve you to get to that point of, of achieving God's purposes. Then we can have marital happiness. It's an counterintuitive because... We are built to protect ourselves. We are built to, you know, look out for ourselves. We are built to, to, you know, pursue our own desires. Yet, Bible tells us to be humble, to love, to pursue love. And to love is, is an action of giving, of sacrificing, just as Jesus Christ has done. So, our measurements, our goals, our purposes has to be different. They have to be drastically different than what the world says. Not just, you know, slightly different, but drastically different. That we don't measure our marital happiness the way the world tells us to measure our marital happiness. And the only way we can do that is if the Lord is Lord over our lives. Is the Lord, is the Lord, Lord over our marriage? Do we know why God has brought our, us together with our spouse? Do we understand the purpose of God for our marriage? I think when we have that purpose, then we have something greater to look forward to. See, when we have material things as our, our purpose, as our goal, it's so limiting. We're shortchanging ourselves for greater happiness. When we, you know, shortchange ourselves for just material things, what the world says we need for happiness, we're really shortchanging ourselves because what we really need is not more things and better things and prettier things. What we need is meaning of life. And that meaning can only be found in the Lordship of Christ. So I would love to see a rooftop Couples who pursue God's purpose in our marriage. That it is not about you know, doing one up on the Joneses or you know, going better locations for vacations and, and so forth. But it is truly finding what is it that God brought us together for? And how can we pursue God's purposes in our lives together? Is the Lord over our marriage? 
That's a question that you, we need to ask every time, maybe once a year, once a month, once quarterly. How is the Lord over our marriage? Let's be people that's different, set apart. Not be this, this, you know, same people like everybody else in the world. Let's be different. Amen? Second part is that we need to have fear of God. We need to have fear of God because um, it says in Mark 10, 6 through 9, But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh, so that they no longer are two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. We need to have fear of God that the institution of marriage was God's idea. You may have chosen your own spouse, but it was the marriage, the institution of marriage that you have entered into was God's institution. It's what God wanted. It's what God had in mind when he created male and female. So it's not just an exchange of vows between you and your husband or you and your wife, but it is an exchange of vows, exchange of covenant between you and God. And so there's got to be a holy fear of the Lord for that marriage. That, that being together, that nothing would come between you is something that God wants. It is out of fear of God that you keep marriage together. Like I shared before, you know, we've been married 26 years. And like I said, we have had our ups and downs. And there were times that were very ugly. And I, I think there's only once in our, in our marriage where the word D came up. You know, and we had promised each other very early on that we would never bring that word into our family. But it was one of those moments that word came up. And for, I think, about a week or two, it was an incredibly difficult time for us where we weren't talking to each other. We didn't want to look at each other. I don't know if, you know, if you guys ever been in that kind of situation, you know, like you communicate by, you know, shutting the door really loudly or slamming things on the counter loudly and, and things like that. But I'm so grateful that the Lord carried us through those kind of times, those really, really hard times and awful times and ugly times. And it shows the ugliness of, of who we are, right? And the, the pain that we carry and, and just the baggage that we have that we bring to our marriage. But even through all of that, we have to have the fear of the Lord to say, okay, even with the uglies and even with the mean times and, and so forth, I am committed to this marriage, first of all, out of fear of the Lord. Because I made a covenant with the Lord. So fear of the Lord is extremely important to have in our lives for our unity's sake. But second of all, I feel like there's got to be fear of the Lord for our own uniqueness. You know, I, I, I assume many of, you know, many of you guys are Korean or at least Asian American. 
And so in our context, we see, you know, a lot of times it's the husbands who do things and it's the wives who to the tiparaji, right? Like support the husband and so forth. And I know that times are changing where, you know, women are having careers and, and um, doing, having their own world and so forth. And I believe that that is God-ordained. That it's not just one or the other. That each one of us, men and women, are created with unique gifts, unique purposes, and calling. And it is in the fear of the Lord that we recognize that in one another. And we champion that in one another. And we speak life in one another. It's not about me, 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 getting me, 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 or getting my husband, you know, or, you know, have, elevate my husband so I could have a trophy husband and, and my, my wife to be a trophy wife. It's not about that. But it is to encourage one another, to, to spur one another on with an understanding that there's season for everything. You know, especially when you have children. You know, the studies have shown that when you have children... How many of you guys are married and have children? Okay. How many of you guys are married and don't have children yet? Okay. Oh, a lot of you guys. Okay. So, um, don't let this, this statistics scare you off of having children. But the studies have consistently have shown that marital satisfaction drops significantly when you have children. It's not because of the children. It's because you have you know, you're sleeping less. There are a lot of things that are going on. It's new. I mean, it's just the world is being turned upside down, right? So the marital satisfaction does go down when you have children. But, you know, those moments are, you know, those seasons may call for different types of relationship with one another, You can't try to have the same type of relationship when you are just by yourselves and and then just add another person to it. It doesn't work that way. It has to change. Now, my husband and I are in a season where all of our children are grown and they're out of our house. And so our season is different than what it was before. So in different seasons, we have to know what God is asking of us to do as a couple and individually. I think the problem is, problem occurs when we want to pursue for equality. Well, if I cook, you do the dishes. If I clean the bathroom, you do the vacuum. If I do this and you do that, and we want to be as equal as possible because we don't want to lose. We don't want to be the doormat. We don't want to be, you know, the one who's suffering and being quiet. And, and, you know, we're afraid that our spouses will take advantage of us. But I want to remind us this morning why you got married. I hope that you got married because you love one another, right? That you married because you loved each other first. Not that you married hoping that your spouse will love you. Is that right? Did you love one another and chose to be married to your spouse? Yes? Thank you. 
Just one. <laughs> Everyone else, we were, you were match made, brought together. <laughs> no, we got married because we chose our spouses, right? So we should be secure in our love. The, the, the battle of love has already been won. You are already loved by your spouse immensely enough to make a lifetime commitment with one another. So that is not where we fight for equality. When we love one another and when we are secured in our love, it's like you want to just do everything for the other person. But it's when we start feeling insecure about our position in that relationship, then we start to demand more things as if that's going to fix the problem. We have to remember that our relationships, our marriage started from the position of already being loved. Amen? Can you say that? Can you say that to yourselves? That yes, I married this person because I already loved that person to begin with. In the same way, we are loved by our Lord. That even while we were yet sinners, even before we had anything straight, even before we made the right decisions, while even some of us, like while we were a mess, God loved us first. And so when we come into the full lordship of Christ, we're able to surrender completely. It's from that position that we surrender because we know, God, you have my back. You love me completely. And that's when we're able to go and just, just explore God's Parameter, right? If we're insecure about our position and our love, we're not going to be able to go after all that God has for us. Because we're always like, am I doing it right? Or is this, is this the right timing? Is this the right thing? Or is this what God wants? You know, and, and, and am I going to be loved more if I do this? No. Same way in our marriage. When we are completely, completely secure and our love for one another, we can be all that we are created to be and pursue the purposes of God. Because then we don't have to bring our spouses down, holding them back because we feel insecure. So be secure in the love that you have for one another. Remember, remember and remember that you have chosen each other that you married for love, that you married and you have said yes to one another because you loved one another. Amen? Does that deserve an amen? (laughs) So remember that you're on the same team. Whenever you fight, whether it's whatever it is, you know, that you are always on the same team. You're not on opposite teams trying to get what you want, but we are on the same team. That God has purposes and plans for you each individually and as a couple 
and as a family. Remember that and pursue God wholeheartedly together. That God's purposes and plans is just so wonderful and so big and so glorious and so exciting that you don't have to settle for your normal, average American lifestyle and, and marriage. It'll be so exciting for you to hear God together and go, I was getting that in my prayer. Oh my gosh, what is God saying? What does he want us to do? And, and how do we do that? And, and, and imagine how exciting that would be. I remember I, share, I said I, um, I wanted to share an example from somebody that we, we really admire. And that is Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, the, the founders of Youth with a Mission. Um, they have an incredible relationship. They've been married, I don't know how long, like forever, 60-some years. Um, and w- one of the, the stories that I really love hearing about them is how, you know, they, because they travel as lifestyle, they go to a lot of dangerous places. Um, and every time they go into these places, they pray, because they're not always traveling together. And so then they always pray together and say, okay, is this the, the, the place that we, I am to go? And they pray together, and if they get a word of the Lord then to, for one of them to go, then they release each other to go to those dangerous places. They release them to go for a certain amount of time, whatever the Lord puts on them. And so they are constantly interacting with the Lord in the marriage and what God is wanting to do. I love that lifestyle. And this is, like I said, ninth degree black belt stuff. But recently, Darlene was really, really ill. She was on deathbed, almost, you know, like they were saying she could die any minute because she's, there were, she had some illnesses. No one could figure out what was going on. And so she's in the hospital getting steroid shots every day. Nothing was improving. And Lauren was out in the field. And, and when he heard this, he said, okay. I'm going to come home. And Darlene asked Lauren this question. She said, did God tell you to come home? Is your job, is your task finished? She said, Cunningham, don't come home until what God had told you to do is finished. She's on her deathbed. She understands that she could be dying. Yet she propelled her husband to do the things of God in his life at that time. She feared the Lord more than her own life. Now, I know that is a black, like I said, it was a black belt, right? I'll be like, you better come home like now. (laughs) But she was able to have that kind of surrender to the Lord. And, and that's why I didn't want to share so much about from our own lives, because we're just measly, possibly yellow, maybe white, I don't know, you know? But there are people like that, and we can be like that. That we can be, we can imitate their lives by surrendering everything to the Lord and having the fear of the Lord for our marriage 
and for having the fear of the Lord for one another. We can have fear of the Lord when we recognize that our spouses are a gift from the Lord. They're precious gifts from the Lord. And how are we to store that? Just as our children are from the Lord, how are we going to raise them? According to what God has, the way God has made them and built them. Right? The truth of God goes, cuts across all areas of lives. Truth of God does not just have certain truth for marriage, certain truth for family, certain truth for single, certain truth for... No, truth of God cuts across all of our lives, all, all throughout our lives. And so our verses tell us to pursue love, to be humble, to be imitators of God by sacrificing ourselves and to offer ourselves as fragrant offering for one another. And that is what I want to share this morning to say. Let's be radical people of radical faith, radical marriage, radical family, radical church. Because we don't want to come and do church every Sunday and and say, okay, God, I checked off going to church on Sundays as a fire insurance. Here you go. I gave my, you know, like 10% of my, my, my tithing and 10% of my time, so I'm good. That's not the kind of life we want to live because it'll be so boring. We want to live an exciting life. Amen? And the way we can do that is only if we pursue the Lord with all of our heart together with people next to us. The people that that uh, God has brought into our lives, our spouses, our children, family of God here at Rooftop.